Welcome to the Saucy Stack Pros Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle, alongside my co-host, Brandon. And today marks the first day of a new month, that is May. Happy May to all of you. Uh, I know that Brandon and I are still having a great time watching the transfer portal. Uh, what do you got for us? Yeah, I mean, we're one month from the championship game. Uh, one of the least viewed championship games in or probably the least viewed in recent memory. Um, we're about a month and a half away from the NBA draft. So we're going to actually see who is officially leaving. Uh, some guys have their name in the po- or in the uh, draft, but have uh, kept their eligibility so they can come back if they aren't going to get picked. So we'll have that coming up. But the portal is heating up. Still no Hunter Dickinson choice, but we did get a big one that we were both anticipating last week. Max Abesmith from Oral Roberts is heading to Texas. At the same time, Ron Holland is leaving or decommitting Texas. Um, he was number what eight in the class for the four. Year? four in the class. Whew, that's a tough, uh, tough pill to swallow so, if you're running Terry. Um, yeah, I'm shocked that he waited that long um, to decommit because he obviously committed when it was Chris Beard, when everything was trending up for Texas, when it was looking like, man, these guys are going to be future uh, champions in the next like at least three years. Like the writing was on the wall, but now it's like. Rodney Terry's the coach. He has a different plan than Chris Beard. Chris Beard made the championship game with Texas Tech in 2019. Rodney Terry didn't take that team to the championship game like he easily could have. But he still did a good job. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, yeah. That's just probably what was going through his head for decommitting. So. They lost both of their commits when they were one of the top draft or uh, freshman and incoming classes back in November. So all both of those guys decommitted, but they do have Schroeder and Abesmith. So what do you see from this Texas team? Well, like you said, uh, the decommits from Texas don't surprise me um, nor anyone else, but I do think that the timing is kind of weird that it took this long for Holland to decommit. Uh, obviously that really sucks if you are Rodney Terry to lose recruits of that caliber, but it's to be expected when, when the coach that recruited them was suddenly released. Uh, I think that for Texas, this is going to be a, a transition year again, unfortunately for them. And they really haven't had it. They've been the laughing stock of kind of the power schools in the basketball for the past 10 years you know, always being prestigious, but never really winning anything. Uh, They finally found their guy with Chris Beard, and then he goes and uh, racks up felony charges that do get dropped eventually, but it was enough for Texas to fire him. So they're kind of back to the drawing board. Terry's a good coach. Um, He did good things for them last year, but he has a lot to prove. And I think that part of proving himself is going out and getting his own recruits that aren't just someone else's. So... I think it's to be expected. Texas will need to take a year or two to really get that identity under Rodney Terry. Yeah, and 
it's definitely going to be Rodney Terry's team next year because no Marcus Carr, no Timmy Allen, no Sir, Jar- Sir Jabari Rice, no Christian Bishop. All those big names, gone. So, I mean, Tyrese Hunter also might not be there next year. He's technically in limbo because he could go to the draft, he could go to the portal. He still has a lot of options open, and if you're him, do you really want to stay with Max Smith coming in and probably going to get the ball most of the time? Uh, yeah, Dylan Mitchell also is in limbo for Texas, so... They have three guys that are scheduled to come back next year, expected to return. Add Shredrick, add Abe Smith. That's only five players at the moment. I mean, we're May 1st for next season to only have five players scheduled to be on your team. It's going to be his own team because he needs to get another five players at the very least. Yep. But yeah, exactly. speaking of Chris Beard, Ole Miss, baby. Oh, God. Ole Miss. Here you go on your Ole Miss rant again. So for those of you who remember me drafting my team as Chris Beard, I went into his mindset. I'm like, how could I ever? How could I ever forget? <laughs> I'm not going to let you forget. Um, <laughs> but I was like full Chris Beard mindset and I nailed it. At least two out of the five of my starting lineup. So he's got an Austin Nunez from Arizona State. He's got Jamarian Sharp, the big old center from Western Kentucky. And he has Brandon Murray from Georgetown. That is really good. Those three players. He also just today got a 6'10 power forward from Texas, a three star guy. 169 for 24 7 for this freshman class, 18th best player out of Texas. So, Cameron Barnes should be a good commit. So, if he can get one of the two guys to stay that could play the three, that solidifies Ole Miss's starting lineup, which, if I do say so myself, Seems like a top five in the SEC starting lineup. Am I wrong? Am I Aren't wrong? you remembering how... Don't you remember how deep the SEC is? It's yes. tough to be top five in that conference. It's very tough. So you have high expectations for this starting lineup in Ole Miss. Well, they're going to lose based on their bench if he can't continue to get some guys. Uh but still, I mean, you're looking at Brandon Murray, or well, no, Austin Nunez, who's going to be the top, the top guy for point guard position. Um, yeah. He only scored 4.5 as a freshman at Arizona State, but he has a lot of talent, a lot of athleticism, and can do great things with the basketball. I was very high on him. He was going, or I don't remember if I put him at one or two for expected freshman performances in the Pac-12 last year. I saw great things with him, but 
it's Bobby Hurley. So I'm not surprised that it didn't pan out there. So, I mean, mm. there's that thing. But uh, Jamarian Sharp, that is going to be one of the biggest men in the league. He's listed on ESPN as 7-5. Um, he's listed on 24-7 as 7-2, I think. Uh, which is hilarious. No, but he's I seven. He's seven only, five. I'm pretty sure. I think twenty four seven only allows it to go up to seven two, <laughs> which is why. Yeah, right. Uh, he's listed lower, but I mean seven point four points per game. Huge defensive presence. Uh, not many guys are bigger than him, and he can play a good game of basketball. So those two coming in, and Brandon Murray scored thirteen point seven points per game at Georgetown. Brandon Murray has had a pretty darn good career for his two seasons. I mean, for his freshman year, he was at LSU. He scored 10 points per game. Uh, He's shot the ball, well, first year from the three-point line, 33% from deep, 31% this past year at Georgetown from deep. So he needs to work on his free throws, obviously, but he can shoot the ball very nicely. He can score a lot, which is a huge addition. And then a 6'10 freshman, three-star, will give you solid minutes. You have either a 14.4 points per game or an 11.1 points per game at the three for Ole Miss. That is a pretty solid lineup. I mean, if you want me to break down every lineup in the SEC, I think <laughs> Alabama... Arkansas, Kentucky are all going to be better, and Tennessee are going to be the four starting lineups that are better than Ole Miss. So, sure, it's very reasonable. Very reasonable. It's reasonable. I'm not sure I agree with you. Um, I think that Ole Miss will be fighting for that fifth spot with teams like Texas A&M. Teams like Missouri. Uh, I I might even go as far as to say Georgia could be in there too. Uh, Ole Miss will be top half, I think, in the SEC if you want to talk story of lineup only. But those are some other names to consider. Those teams I see as better if you go full team. I think they all have yeah, bigger fair. gaps in their starting lineups but deeper benches. So I think it'll be a toss-up series with those guys, but I think Ole Miss's starters will be a lot stronger. Uh, My biggest worry for Chris Beard's um, Rebels, that's their nickname, or whatever you want to call it. Get familiar Um, with that, because they're going to be all over your sweatshirt this next coming years. Yeah, I need to get used to saying, go Rebels. Um, Yeah. But yeah, their biggest uh, hole will be their bench. And yeah. I think their bench is not going to be scoring double-digit points per game. Uh, I think it'll only be one, maybe two point or games next season that their bench will actually reach double figures, uh, which is my biggest worry for the Rebels and Chris Beard. But he's done a lot this past week. He could oh, yeah. still go out, get Hunter Dickinson, who still hasn't made a decision. Uh, he could get Ron uh, Holland. I mean, I'm, he's already uh, made him commit to him once. 
I think that the Ron Holland idea is a lot more plausible than Hunter Dickinson. You're really going to put Dickinson out there with Sharp? No. Hunter Dickinson's not going to Ole Miss uh, as much. As that I would be funny. Him. That'd be really funny. If you're, uh, I do for... think that. I was to say I do think that Ron Holland going there is very reasonable, though. Um, just given that they need they need a sixth man in Ole Miss, and they don't really have that right now. So I think that Holland would make a, a good piece on the bench. Yeah. I was going to say, if you are looking for a more reasonable transfer, David Jones, St. John's, perfect landing spot would be Ole Miss. Uh, Jaden Bradley, I think you brought him up a couple weeks ago for Ole Miss. That would also be a good yes. landing spot. Have them have a three-guard lineup. Maybe even Matthew mm-hmm. Cleveland from Florida State. So they definitely need like a guard-forward type to – probably solidify their lineup i mean they could also definitely use more big men because sharp is not going to be playing 40 minutes a game that's not reasonable for a seven five kid not a chance but yeah they're well on their way to being successful this year um i think that as they stand now they have a fair shot at making the tournament um i they need a couple more players to to have a good chance though yeah, for sure. So we'll leave it at that. Um, other recent transfer portal news? There isn't a whole lot, to be honest with you. Um, I do want to add West Virginia transfer, or Jimmy Bell is transferring out of West Virginia. Um, that's to be expected. Uh, Hoggins has had an absolute shopping haul in the transfer portal this year. Um uh, but landing play a player like Jesse Edwards has pushed Bell to leave because uh, that would be eating into his playing time. Yeah. So. Another. Is there any other? One. Yeah. An- another big one is Oral Roberts as big man in the <laughs> portal. Um, other news: Puff Johnson, North Carolina power forward, going or small forward maybe. I don't know what he's listed at, but he's going to Penn State along with like eight other players. But I think it's did you see there was another Penn State commit uh, just a couple days ago? Kudus Wahab from Georgetown center going to Penn State. I cannot believe how many transfers are going there. Yeah. Pair that with Zach Hicks from Temple. Uh, Nicholas Kern from VCU, Adrian Baldwin from VCU. Um, do they have any freshmen coming in? Uh, I don't know. They have five transfers, though. I'm looking at that right now. Yeah. They have five whole transfers coming in to play for uh, first-year head coach Mike Rhodes. Uh, as for the recruiting situation, though, I don't think there's much there. No, uh, especially since Shrewsbury left. Yeah. That'll hurt. But that's what happens when your head coach who's up and coming leaves for a different job. So I'm, I'm surprised nobody committed to Penn State under Shrewsbury. Like that surprises me a little because well, nobody's I don't they, decommitted. If they decommitted. Nobody has oh, is decommitted. It? Do you know if they decommit? Okay. Hmm. So, yeah, that's interesting. I guess maybe Shrewsbury knew he was on his way out, so he didn't recruit anyone. 
I mean, that's like counting your eggs before they hatch, though. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm too good for this job. I'm going to leave next year. I don't need to recruit anyone. <laughs> oh, if you were a head coach, you would so do that. <laughs> And then not end up with a new job <laughs> and be like, um, let's see here. Uh, I would work the transfer portal like no one's somebody? business. I'd work the transfer portal like nobody's business if that was the case. <laughs> you would be uh, fully uh, learning from Eric Musselman and just sending out. I would uh, I, I would channel saying, my inner Eric Musselman. Dear transfer recruit, and not even put a name, and then yep. we would like you at our school. Please let us know if you are interested. We have yeah. scholarships available. Eric Musselman sending out chat GPT emails to <laughs> random players. <laughs> oh. Writing a letter as a coach to recruit college basketball players in the transfer portal. Enter. Get get all your uh, assistants in a line too, and send variations. Just send yeah. like recruits five straight emails from the college you're at. <laughs> I can imagine getting being a basketball player and then getting a phone call from an 800 number toll free, and then it's a message <laughs> and it's Eric Musselman. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be <laughs> hilarious. That um, would be uh, straight in character for him, though. Uh, hello, who is this? Hello, dear recruit. The University of Arkansas would like you to come over to try out for the men's basketball team. Eric Musselman sends his deepest regards. Thank you. <laughs> have a good day. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, my God. We are Oh, we are something else. Oh my That's gosh. facts, though. Uh Speaking of Arkansas, uh, I want to lead into this with just a couple other things to talk about today. Um, actually, yeah, we're going to talk about teams that are taking a step back. And I don't think Arkansas is one of those. Um, we've talked about them moving up in the world uh, after last year's eight seed in March Madness. I want to bounce around the SEC, though. Um, there's another team I want to talk about, and that's Florida. Uh, Florida, I had high hopes for last year. Um, with Colin Castleton at the helm, Todd Golden's first year as head coach. I thought that this team would really be good. Um, Now Castleton's gone. Uh, A couple other high-scoring players in Kawasi Reeves and Kyle Lofton are also gone. Florida has some transfers coming in. Tyree Samuel, Walter Clayton, uh, EJ Jarvis. It's going to take a lot to keep this team at the level that was last year, which was okay. I'm just going to say that now that I'm not sure they'll be able to hold, to hold that standard and they might take a step back. What are your thoughts? I don't agree with you actually, which is surprising to hear come out of my mouth. Um, For this, at least I love saying, I don't agree with you. Um, But yes, I know for Florida. Todd Golden, first year last year, so it was a new system. Castleton ended up getting injured late, but they were kind of out of it when he was injured. Um, They were barely holding on to a bubble spot, and yeah, they were basically one loss away and then lost Castleton, so that was their loss. Um, 
But Walter Clay and Jr., great guy, 16.8 points per game at Iona. I don't know if that's enough, actually, now that I'm looking at it. But, I mean, Todd Golden is going to be on his second year. So, I mean, he's going to be a lot more comfortable. He's going to have a team that's more uh, tailored to him. It's going to be his team, his players that he recruited. They're going to buy into what he is selling. Because that's the biggest thing about coaches is they are selling their mind to players to get them. Mm -hmm. And he was able to do that at um, San Francisco, right? Yeah, San Francisco. So, And he currently has two freshmen also coming in. A three-star mm -hmm. and a not-ranked player. But, I mean, that's kind of been the type of players that he gets. So, to begin these guys, I mean, Micah Handelwudgeton, or whatever it is, is a 7-1 center. So, he's going with a big lineup. Yep. A big, big, big lineup. I mean, 7-1, 6-8, 6-7. 6'10", 6'9". Those are the players that are coming in for him. It's a small ball game in college right now. Yeah. So, I don't think he'll it's be taking not, a step back, to be fair. It's not that I don't see Florida as being capable of winning games next year. Uh, it's that I don't think that they can replace the impact that Castleton had on the team, along with his other um, satellites, if you will. So they'll be fine next year, but I don't think they're going to improve at all. Um, I think they'll be a little bit um, taking a step back compared to where they were last year. Yeah, I I see them staying level. I think they'll have better teamwork next year, but less talent next year. So that's fair. They'll be balanced. I, I feel like the ceiling will be lower, but the floor will be higher for them. Uh, sure. Last year was a very boomer bust caliber team. Mm -hmm. What uh, teams do you see as taking a step back for next year? Or name one. I'm going to go away from the SEC because... Uh, we talk about the SEC entirely too much for my liking, but I'm going to be more comfortable with that next year. But uh, biggest team that comes to mind is Baylor. The Baylor Bears won the Natty in 2019. No, 2021. 2021, they won the National 2021, yep. Uh, and since then, Scott Drew has not done anything. Uh, he lost... In the round of 32, as a one seed, he, I don't remember what he did this past year, but that's a little insightful of how little he produced. Uh, Baylor lost all three of their key players, their three best guards. Keontae George going to the NBA. I think Adam Flagler also going to the NBA. LJ Cryer going to Houston. All three of those guys scored more than 15 points per game. Those are huge losses. And they haven't done anything in the transfer portal. They have recruits coming in, but 
those recruits are not filling those three holes. It's not going to replace what's going on. I very much agree with you on this one. Uh, you have three guys that all scored over 15 points per game gone, whether it be transfers or NBA. Um, you have Jalen Bridges possibly coming back as your leading scorer that would return. You have two talented recruits and one transfer from VCU. There's just too much experience and too much contribution going down the drain from this team, I think. So I would agree with you. I think that they're going to be middle to bottom of the Big 12. I hate to say it, but they're going to be down there. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. It's just not looking like it's going to be their year. No, not at all. Especially with like Houston coming in. That's another team you put above them. I think they're going to be right about the level of UCF, uh, Cincinnati. Yep. Speaking of Cincinnati, they got Simas uh, Lucosius from Butler. That was a big one. Yes, so that's right. Cincinnati, I think, will be above Baylor. Um, I think they'll probably split with BYU and UCF. Um, maybe split with Oklahoma as well. Split with Texas Tech. I think that's going to be their level of yeah. play. So a bubble team. A yeah, no, I don't, I don't see them as team. being more than that. Uh, which will not be good for Baylor because Scott Drew has built up, built up a program that will be mm-hmm. really good, but it's just going to be lacking um, next year. And I don't see how they can compete with what they have for a lineup next year at this moment. In yep. time. I agree. <clears throat> so that's Baylor. I want to jump over to the PAC 12 um, and I'm not going to talk about UCLA. Like you think I'm going to uh, my next team. I want to talk about, I'm going to say that a team that will take a step back next year is Arizona. I know that they're going to bring back Balo. They're bringing back Balo, but they're going to lose to Bellis, who was their leading scorer last year at 19.8 points per game. They are also going to lose Kresa, which love him or hate him. That's still a lot of points per game and a lot of uh, attention on defense for other teams to lose. And they also may lose Pell Larson. That's a lot of scoring, a lot of high talent. That's going away. Oh, and Courtney Ramey is also leaving. So you're left with Balo and dot, dot, dot. After that, um, a couple of bench players and then only one newcomer as of now. Um, that's a four-star recruit. So they have a big hole in that team um, with the talent that they no longer have from the last couple of years that's given them a one seed and a two seed respectively the last couple of years. I'm just, yeah, at this rate, Arizona will not be the powerhouse that it has been under Tommy Lloyd's first two years there. Uh, I'm going to one-up you and say the entire Pac-12 is going to take a step back. Uh, They're missing all those guys, but they got five teams from the Pac-12 in the tournament last year, right? UCLA, USC, Arizona, Arizona State, or was it just four? 
No, it was just four. It was Arizona State, and then it was USC, UCLA, and Arizona. There were four. But still, anywho, that drove them up to a two seed because they were competitive winning against not a bad conference. So they're losing all these players, but Arizona State, they're expected to return top player right now is at 4.9 points per game. Uh, UCLA's expected returner top score is at 3.3 points per game. USC is the only one not taking a step back with Boogie Ellis and Kobe Johnson both returning and their center, their freshman center, who still coming off of his heart problems. Uh, He was very cautious, or they used him very cautiously this year, and he was building minutes as the year went on. But still, it's one of those things where it's like, He'll be taking a step up. So USC is the only team taking a step up. UCLA's entire lineup has gone to the NBA. Jaime Jaquez, uh, Amari Bailey, Jalen Clark, uh, Tiger Campbell, David Singleton, Adam Bona, they all are submitted their names to the NBA. So if Arizona is going to look worse against teams that are also work, looking worse, that's going to drop them down to, at best, the mm, 6-7 seed, at the very best. I think USC is the only one that has a chance of being a 6 seed or better from the Pac-12 next year. Uh, so I agree with you. Arizona is going to look way different and not be a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. But I think the entire Pac-12 is falling apart. Yeah, it is. You're right. It is. Considering that, uh, you wait, yeah, UCLA and USC. It's not this year, but next year they're gone to the yep. Big Ten. So this year is going to be their last year in the Pac-12, and they are not going out yep. with a bane. They're going out with a oh. oh. A thud. <laughs> a Bill Walton. <laughs> oh, with a thud. <laughs> Jeez. Oh my How God. can we... Imagine us doing an episode where we don't mention Bill Walton. Uh, it would be a boring episode. It would. It really no, would. We would find something interesting to talk about. I mean, we got Mark Adams. We got Chris Beard. We got... Um, Juan Howard, we got, who else do we got? Rick Pitino. We got the SEC. You want to talk about the SEC more? We got the SEC. Yeah, we're good. We'll still talk. Uh, We could create more uh, 1-800, this is Eric Musselman type phone calls that players receive. Um, Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Imagine if Eric Musselman actually released a hotline where recruits could call. <laughs> he would too. He'd be the type of guy to do that. He so would. And it would be like pure comical. Please state yes, your name. It would. Please state your height. Please state your weight. Please state your position. Please state your academic standing. Please state your age. I I would so love to call that hotline. 
Hello, I am Brandon. Yeah, right. I am a five-year-old. I am sitting at six <laughs> and ninety pounds. I don't even know. If we'll take four you. Foot six, four foot six kid is ninety pounds, or would be five years old. But I would have some fun with it. Uh, see where certainly not five years old. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, our shows would be fun no matter what. It's just Bill Walton adds a layer to it. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, UCLA was going to be my next team that I was going to say would take a step back. But since we kind of just talked about them, I'm going to go with a team that you are probably not expecting me to say. And I'm going to go with Purdue. They are going to be a big question mark next year. And that big question mark yes, they is are. Zach Eady, who didn't he just commit this week to the draft? I think he announced that he I was going to I haven't seen anything about that. Okay. Oh my gosh. You're going to fact check me here. I if so, that makes it interesting. Um, here, we'll pull up the Zach of the ED on Instagram and his most recent post. My basketball journey has been unorthodox to say the least, but I wouldn't change a thing about it. From ranked 437th in my class to National Player of the Year, I can't put into words what Purdue University, my teammates, my coaches, and our fans mean to me, though we fell short of our ultimate goal this season. I loved every second of it. With that being said, I am putting my name in the NBA NBA draft while maintaining my college eligibility. I will evaluate my future after going through the process and look forward to what's next. Stay tuned, Zach Eady. So he did submit his name to the draft, but he uh, kept his eligibility, meaning he can come back and play next year. Which honestly wouldn't surprise me. But he, I think he'll get a decent draft stock because he didn't start playing until what? He was 15? 13, 14, or 15. So. Yeah. He has a lot of life in him and he could have a longer NBA career because. His body isn't going to fall off as soon. Um, Mm -hmm. Just based on what professionals do. I mean, look at Nelson Cruz in the MLB. MLB is not really a tough physical sport. But if you don't start until later, your body can go a lot longer. I mean, Nelson Cruz was still looking like he was 30 when he was 40. So I think per, or Zach Eady could do that. So I think his stock mm. will be a little bit higher than people expect, given his age. With that being said, Fletcher Lawyer and Brandon Smith are expected to return. Those are two players that will not be going to the NBA. I hate to say it, but they don't have it. They have a four-year yeah. Purdue and then head over to Turkey to play. 
head over to China to play. Those are the type of players they are. Uh, I'm I'm just being factual here. I yes. not trying to be mean at all. They have a four star coming in, and then a kid from Southern Illinois coming in. So they're going to be about as Big Ten as it comes. And that doesn't really do so hot at all. So they're going to be about as average as it comes. And that's yep. going to be a huge step back from what they were this past year. And they yeah. need to be doing more if they want to be a top five seed. I, I do agree with you on that. I think that everything you said is it makes sense, uh, especially if Edie goes to the draft and gets drafted. Then you're 100% right. Um, but even with Edie returning, I, he's not really going to get any better at this point. He is what he is. He's got good footwork. He's coordinated. He's big. But he's not – there isn't really a lot more to utilize. It's like Drew Timmy. There wasn't really any more to utilize after his first couple of years at Gonzaga. It's just – just kind of plateaued, and he's good, yeah. He'll score a lot of points and get a lot of rebounds, but he's not going to innovate every year, to put it simple. Yeah. Yep, I agree with that. Um, do you have any other teams that you wanted to mention that we haven't mentioned this offseason because we think that they're going to take a step back? Um. Well, FAU. <laughs> Let's take a step back. Overvalued. Uh, they were like a two seed in Joel and Artie's first way too early bracketology. No way that's happening. Yeah, they keep uh, on. But we talked about being, them a lot. They keep on being mentioned as like a top ten team entering next season. That's not going to happen. <laughs> no. So no, they're losing Michael Forrest. They may lose John L. Davis. They may lose Elijah Martin. They'll keep their big man in golden. Uh, they'll keep Greenlee. They'll keep Boyd. But they they have one unranked recruit coming in. That's not going to sustain them, especially when that one recruit is replacing Michael Forrest, who was an impact player last year. Yep. So at the very best, FAU next year would be like a six seed. I mean, their competition is going to be tougher because their toughest competition from this year is following them. They're adding more competition from like Memphis, for example, who will Mm -hmm. probably give them everything they got after how they acted last year during that game. Penny Hardaway is circling that game, both games against FAU, and these are must-wins. I don't care if we make the tournament Mm -hmm. or not. We are beating them. Pure and simple. Yeah. So they will lose I hope more they games. do. I, I hope they do too. Because they deserve it. And when you lose more games, your seed drops. And there's no way they're getting as lucky as they're getting. Or as they got this past year. Because yeah. that region was awful. We already yeah. knew it from the start. Yeah, we, oh, were talking, we knew it from, the, from Selection Sunday. Yeah, we were talking Memphis and Duke were probably looking like the best. Maybe Michigan State. Um, yeah, Michigan State. Maybe Kansas yep. State, if you want to be safe choosing a better seed, your best pet was three-seed Kansas State. 
from that region. Yep. Yeah. So you aren't going to get that lucky. So round of 32 is going to be their ceiling, no matter what happens. Day one of college basketball, round of 31, or 32, is going to be their ceiling. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. So, any other teams for you? No. Um, There's definitely more out there, but I kind of want to see how players fall and stuff. But those were the key ones that it's like, man, these teams were great last year, and they might not make the tournament this year. Yeah, this upcoming year. So Yeah. um, Yep. For sure. Anything else from you? Nope. I think we'll end it there. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, We love you. If you like what we do, find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram, find us on YouTube. Instagram especially. We're trying to be more active this season on Instagram. Find us on Reels. We love to project our crazy predictions onto you guys. Spread some... uh, crazy ideas to the college basketball world and uh so yeah go find us give us a like give us a follow we'd love to hear from you we love you we're so grateful for you i couldn't have said it all right exactly so we are the saucy (laughs) stack bros podcast fuck we are the saucy (laughs) stack bros podcast we appreciate your time and we will see you all on our next episode until then peace out